0: Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, just hello, whenever and wherever you're listening. Uh, This is Bitchin' Brew, a podcast about music, life and everything in between. My name is Danny Randon, I am your host as always. Thank you very much for tuning in through whatever means you listen to your podcast. This is episode number 43 and I hope you're nice and settled and warm and... Safe from the from the clutches of Storm Kira, um, we took an absolute battering down here on the south coast of the UK. Um, we've got some something really really cool for you today. Something that's kind of been you know a, a long time coming in a way. Um, I've been kind of inconsistent in my output on Bitchinborough at the best of times, but. Today probably shows just how much I, I take the cake, to be honest. Um, before I move on to introducing my guest for this podcast, let me give you a bit of background info, regardless of whether you're a, a new listener or one of the, the old faithful a member of the bitching crew, as it were. Um, if you are in the latter camp, then you may have noticed something of an irregular pattern to the podcast format over the last year or so. Um in 2019, we were obviously very focused on creating lots of little side shows that can sit under the the bitch and brew umbrella. Things like the Bitchin' and review, uh, bitch and festival previews, which we kind of did around. Uh, you know, the UK festival season and obviously all the compilation episodes of backstage chats at some of the UK's uh, best festivals, you know, 2000 Trees, Arctangent. I I talk about it all the time, so no need to bring that up again. But anyway, um, all of that has been really awesome to do, but I I know I have kind of neglected the original format that this podcast was built on nearly four years ago now. Um, And as far as like, Episodes with just single chats with one guest or a pair of guests has gone. It's been well over a year since I put one of those out. I think actually the last one I put out was with uh, Ricky Bates and Toby Robinson, who put on shows at the Joiners in Southampton. Um, people in the in this area where I'm sat here recording will know. Um, and then before that we had Raul Reynolds from Shikari, which was you know a huge deal for this podcast. Now I feel kind of bad that we we didn't really. I don't know. Capitalise on that. It, it sounds really wanky when I say it like that, but you know what I mean. Um, now, you've probably not even been nearly as as aware of this as I as I certainly am. Thinking you might be, but you know i'm probably overthinking this massively but i wanted to explain anyway because you know life is busy and th- and this is a hobby it's all kind of done off my own back i work a day job and unfortunately like the um the opportunities don't always present themselves in in the ways i would like them to um and i often have to to pass on a lot of offers purely because it doesn't work for me on a on a logistical level and that that is, you know, a shame, but life goes on, and, you know, I guess this is also down to the fact that when I when I started the podcast, I wanted to do something a little bit different and kind of just not ask the same questions that everyone else was asking, and maybe not even ask any questions at all at times, just kind of shoot the shit with my guests and hang out with them, and that's all well and good, you know, provided you're well acquainted with the guest in advance you know you can hang out and you can go off on tangents together and you can trust each other in that regard um but if it if it is you know your your first time meeting or or interviewing a guest as was the case uh with this episode with this guest um that I will introduce in a second I do promise <laughs> then then you know if it is your first time meeting him that is that is a difficult position to put yourself in just to hit record and go right let's have a conversation um I guess another thing to bear in mind on top of that is that I was doing other stuff as, you know, a writer for various publications when I started Bitch and Brew. So, you know, I was asking more straightforward questions in that capacity and using Bitch and Brew to kind of go a little bit off topic should should my guests be willing. Um now, you know, jump forward to to today, I'm I'm not really doing much writing anymore. This is kind of my main creative outlet and uh, a couple of months ago when when you know a few a few interview opportunities did come up i realized that i i kind of forgotten how to conduct just a really Solid interview. I, I tried so hard uh, to kind of be unique and cool and, and funny in the way that we go off on tangents here on Bitch and Brew that I'd, I kind of disregarded the absolute basics of, you know, a music interview, which should be kind of at the core of what we do. Um, and the person that maybe I was a few months ago would have been really bummed out about that and, and probably wouldn't work up the courage to do another interview ever again. But I've experienced a lot of personal growth of late and you know a lot of positive personal growth and I really wanted to get back into that creative headspace um of interviewing here on Bitch and Brew. So I went away for a bit I started reading interviews a lot and listening to a lot more interviews on other podcasts and finding inspiration in that way. And, and I realized, you know, it's okay to ask the same questions as as other interviewers do. You know, the market is so saturated, especially on the podcast front, that it'd be damn near impossible to hit my guests with a list full of questions that they've never been asked before. That's putting a huge amount of pressure on yourself. So, um I'm I'm going on a little bit unnecessarily. What what matters is is how you respond uh you know to, to the guests' answers. And then, you know, if one of those funny or weird little tangents kind of spirals out of that, then great. You know? Um, but it's important to have a solid interview first, and, and that's something I really had to re-educate myself in achieving in the in the lead-up to the interview that you are about to hear. So I'm Well, no, I'm not sorry. I'm guessing. No, fuck you. (laughs) I I don't think it's something to be apologetic for. I I have neglected this format of the podcast for a long old while. Um, But, you know, I'm just thankful that you're listening to me babbling right now. If you haven't turned off already, thank you. Genuinely. Right. On to what you've all tuned in to hear on episode 43 of Bitchin' Brew today. And that was the sound of me slapping my leg. And it actually hurt more than I anticipated. So, um, yeah... Spanish love songs are um, one of the most hotly-tipped bands coming out of the States and out of the punk and alternative rock scene overall. Um, A lot of the buzz that surrounds them can probably be uh, attributed, uh, attributed sorry, to their second album, uh, Schmaltz, which came out in 2018, uh, way back when we did the the Albums of the Year special for that year. I believe Brad had it in his top 20, and I was a very big fan of it too, more so now even. Um, However, the adventure is only just beginning for Spanish Love Songs, who just last week, if you're listening to this podcast hot off the press, uh, released a new album, which is called Brave Faces Everyone. It's an absolute corker of a record for me it capitalizes on a lot of the promise that spanish love songs teased on schmaltz and also welcomes in some very exciting progressions in their sound. Um, it feels like I'm, I'd be cheating a little bit by giving you a bit of a you know for fans of it's not something I like to do very often uh, to describe a band, but you know I think you should just go and check out this album regardless of what kind of alternative music you know floats your goat. Really, um, there's bits of the the harder end of of modern pop punk. You know, tons of that blue-collar, heartland rock vibe that a few great bands have been bringing in the last few years. Um, You know, a few forays as well into some more introspective indie rock. um, And it all just kind of comes together to create a a strangely joyous album by Spanish love song standards. Um, That's something we do go into over the course of this interview. So when the opportunity arose to sit down with the guitarist and lead singer... Of Spanish love songs, a lovely gentleman called Dylan Slocum. Uh, I leapt at the opportunity. The band were in Southampton on the eve of the release of Brave Faces, Everyone. Um, It was as part of their tour around the UK and of mainland Europe, supporting none other than the Menzingers. Um, I went down to the show. Of course, I wasn't going to miss it. It's the Menzingers. Um, And the show was awesome. All the bands that I saw that evening were great. You know, Menzingers and Spanish love songs. Unfortunately, I miss Mannequin Pussy, but I heard... Really, really good things about them. I you know, really want to get out to their show at some point, but, you know, just time is of the essence. So uh, shortly before the show, I sat down with Dylan to have a little bit of a natter um, about the new album Brave Faces Everyone, um, about the path they took to to get to it and a fair few other things. A um, couple of little caveats before we dive into my chat with Dylan um, aside from the one I've already mentioned of me just wanting to ease back into interviewing via more of a straightforward Q&A style. Um, relatively speaking this is a shorter interview than usual I believe it's just over 20 minutes long and um, unfortunately that that's down to you know a couple of things outside both mine and Dylan's control that just got in the way of things and we were we were slightly tight for time Dylan was was kind enough to to sit down with me immediately after they finished soundcheck despite being way behind schedule um, and I'm very appreciative of him for doing that and hey if he's ever back in my neck of the woods it would be my pleasure to have him back on bitch and brew for a slightly longer chat next time that is genuinely it for the preamble let's let's just get stuck into my chat with Dylan and slocum guitarist and lead singer of spanish love songs their new album is called brave faces everyone and it is out now via pure noise records here's a quick clip of the first single from the album which is called Lucas. do enjoy So, uh, I'm absolutely delighted to be uh, joined by uh, lead singer and uh, guitarist of Spanish love songs, Dylan Slocum. Yep. It is Slocum. Right? Yes. Yeah. That is, that's it's
1: how you it. It's a call. classic British name. <laughs> it is, apparently. I don't know. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. It's from uh, the Isle of Wight area and okay. somewhere in the south, somewhere else in the south. Yeah. Well, that's literally just across the water. Yeah, yeah. You can get a ferry there from here. Uh, I mean, welcome to, to Southampton. Yeah, first time here. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, it's what, your third, fourth time in the UK now? Wh- third, wait, four, fourth? Four. I forget about the hot water shoes. I think it's our fourth
1: time in the UK. First time in Southampton. Mm. We've played Brighton twice, so... Which is a lovely place to play.
0: Yeah, it's great. <laughs> par- parking there sucks, so... It, uh, this has been a lot nicer. There's <laughs> parking for us. If you, if you hadn't have gotten here last night, then I doubt you probably would have seen much of the city beyond the the big Ikea. The Ikea's the road.
1: great. We're staying right next to it. Um, to be fair, we got here yesterday and like I still didn't see much of the city. I saw the walk between the Ebus budget and the standing order Weatherspoons, so pretty
0: good yeah yeah looked interesting is it getting to the point now you know uh, fourth time over here where you're starting to kind of get your bearings around the uk you know the places to go the people to see uh yeah i mean we have a lot of
1: friends here so they're usually pretty eager to hang out and take us around um yeah it's I mean, yeah it's great it's it's comfortable now which is it's nice the <laughs> first store here was a lot more diy so a little bit less comfy Oh, really? Well, no, just like crashing with homies and stuff, which is great, but it's exhausting. But now you've been
0: promoted to To, budget budget hotels. (laughs) Hey, man. I'll take it where I can get it. Um, So, we're obviously here on the first night of the UK leg. Yeah. Of uh, your tour with the men singers and Mac and Pussy as well. Yeah. Mainland Europe leg is is over, is done. In the books. You did you did Antwerp a couple of nights ago. Yeah. How how were the Belgian beer hangovers? Those were not
1: bad. I mean, we didn't have very many because we had to get up so early to catch the ferry mm. over here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good. It was. I think the Amsterdam hangovers were the real ones. Oh really? Yeah, we were in Amsterdam for like two days, so. Everybody drink a little bit.
0: I've somehow never been. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it's a must-do. It's a cheap flight, too. Isn't it like yeah, 40-pound 40, 40 flight? I've never been to Antwerp. I've never been to Belgium. I feel so uncultured. Um, but Our tour manager's Belgian, and he's staring at you right now.
1: <laughs> ready, to, ready to lay the law down.
0: What's your, what's your favorite Belgian beer,
1: Greg? Triple Carmelite. Triple Carmelite. We have the same
0: favourite beer. It's not bad. It's a, it's a good it's beer. Good. I, it's I good used beer. to work in a Belgian bar, like, oh, okay. about half an hour east oh, from nice. here in Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, so uh, got to know a lot about a lot the Belgian news. beers. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm much more of a wheat beer kind of person, okay. like a vit beer. Or, okay. Um, as opposed to a blonde beer. Okay, but, that's you know, fair. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Um, so I was reading uh, a brilliant interview uh, that you gave in uh, Kerrang! recently <laughs> um, and uh, you said uh, in that interview that you're kind of um, that Spanish love songs are getting to the point where you feel like the next step for you to kind of <laughs> acknowledge the point I exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> when I said we need to have haters You need to have haters which is a strange thing to ask for um, but you, you also said that the worst thing that people say at this point is that you sound like the Menzingers. Um, <laughs> bearing in mind the, the, the tour you're on now, do you, do you kind of feel, feel like you can kind of use that to kind of throw back at the, uh, at no, the, at so the that, haters on this tour? the point of that quote was,
1: like, nobody's saying anything bad about it. Like, we, we want haters because I feel like that's when you've reached, like, the next level of, of like, slightly wider acceptance when more yeah. people hate you. Uh, But like up to this point, we've been, you know, we have pretty passionate fans who like us a lot. And, uh, you know, we joke that if the worst thing is that if we get compared to bands that we like and bands that we tour with, then we're fine with that. Yeah. I mean, Um, there are definitely worse things you can be compared to. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was the point of the quote.
0: was like, like, Um, the
1: worst thing is that we're being compared to one of the best bands in our our scene.
0: Is this your first time on the road with Menzingers? Mm-hmm
1: mm mm-hmm. First time, um, yeah,
0: first time ever, not just UK, but just overall. It kind of strikes me that they're the sort of band who really, really look after their support bands oh, on absolutely. the road. Absolutely, yeah, it's been a great tour. It's it's
1: kind of perfect. It's, it's a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, obviously we're sat here on the uh, on the eve of uh, the release of your new album, mm-hmm. Brave Faces Everyone, mm-hmm. it's not something I usually get to do. Whenever bands come down here, they're usually a few months in after their albums come out or they're months away from the album coming out. So it's quite nice for me to actually ask on the eve of the album release what the kind of atmosphere is like in the in the Spanish Love Songs camp. Uh, it's good. I mean, we're excited. We put in a lot of work on this
1: and uh, we're just ready for it to be out and...
0: And available to people. Um, it will be out yeah. by the time that people yeah, hear yeah. this, so obviously. We're, we're
1: like hours away from it being out. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just overall excited and ready to just tour forever, <laughs> um, which is good. Yeah, it's old habits
0: die hard, I suppose. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a good it's a good place to be. Like, we're really lucky. We're lucky that people are excited, um, and we're we're lucky that people want uh, want to hear an album from us and we're getting a lot of new fans and a lot of good growth from it um, just on the pre-orders so um, yeah it's I think exciting is, is the general word
0: yeah I feel like it can be one of two things whenever I ask someone this it's kind of like well we've made the album we've done everything we can at this point yeah you know yeah I mean that's pretty it, much the, the it the rest though. of it is out of our it's hands, of our and, hands. Then, and then the other side of that is like panic stations
1: no, we've we've made peace with that. Like, <laughs> we understand how how it works. There's nothing you can do. There's no point in worrying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's just about you know playing as many shows as we can and talking to as many people as we can,
0: and uh, yeah, just kind of getting the word out there. Is there any um, is there any story behind the album cover at all? Because it's. A beautiful no. It's just a it's
1: a photo from a photographer a photographer that we like and we wanted to work with for a long time. Oh, cool! And he sent over some stuff, and that one kind of told the best story. So we kind of messed with
0: that. Do you feel like there are kind of parallels between the, the photo, uh, you know, the album the album cover and, and the sort of narrative of the album? Or was um, it just like? I mean, I think you can make you can
1: make that connection. Mm. Um, so it was the only kind of images that felt like it fit with what was going on in the album. Yeah. So. But I'm not. I don't. I don't want to draw that out for people. It's it's up to everybody else to see if they can draw the parallel or not. Yeah, yeah. It's open but to interpretation. To me, it feels like it tells a story.
0: So um, uh, obviously, this is following on from uh, Schmaltz, which was an album that introduced Spanish love songs to kind of a global audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but at the at the time, I know it was very much a sort of correct me if I'm wrong. It was very much a sort of make or break album for you, I think. In I that mean, in that same interview, I think you referred to it as a bit of a, a last shot album.
1: Yeah, and last shot makes it sound like we were like planning for something and trying. Mm. I mean it was just really us fucking around and yeah. playing out and seeing what happened.
0: Was there a certain point at which you realized, you know, this isn't ending anytime soon or that there's some sort of future in Spanish love songs?
1: Uh <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> Uh It still feels like any week could be the could be the end. <laughs> so it's you know it's it's good. It's an exciting time, but it's a it's a terrifying time. At the again,
0: same time. you got to take what you can get, right? Yeah, I mean, like
1: <laughs> we're we're doing our best, we're trying to keep our jobs and be able to tour and not die. So. <laughs> It's good. It's a lot of fun.
0: You you recorded the the album at um, uh, West Valley mm-hmm. uh, Recording Studios mm-hmm. um, in uh, L.A., um, which is obviously the you know probably most famous for belonging to the legendary producer Howard Benson, mm-hmm. who was not present for the making of the no. album. Yeah. No. Um, but uh, what, you know, looking at the the albums that are, that have been made there over the years, mm-hmm. from the likes of you know. My Chemical Romance and, uh, P.O.D. hmm hmm I mean, the Scorpion King soundtrack.
1: <laughs> Can you believe that? i seen... I saw the, the platinum records for all of those. <laughs> or whatever they are.
0: Was, was there a shadow of sorts that loomed large over the recording with the sort of esteem that that studio has?
1: Oh, no, not really. So, I mean, Trevor worked there for a long time, mm. so we were able to, like, call in some favours, um i mean howard wasn't even i don't even think howard was in town um but i mean we had howard's assistant like some of his uh assistants there and stuff like that and like just legendary engineers and stuff um and it was more helpful than anything else there wasn't really a, a shadow it was more just like you know it was a fun place to get to go to work every day and just mm-hmm. kind of use their wealth of equipment and you know just little things like that and kind of do something exciting yeah you know uh, I don't. yeah it wasn't really a shadow. it was I mean it was funny to like walk out and be eating be eating lunch and then see Kelly Clarkson on the wall you know stuff like that oh right so, yeah so
0: I mean that, that was more exciting
1: than anything else but
0: I thought you meant like literally Kelly Clarkson no no her, her, her platinum records yeah, and yeah. stuff like that
1: but no not no. really any, not really anything stressful like that or any like because a lot of those classic records weren't actually done there they were just done by Howard Mm. But, like, the My stuff wasn't even done there. In oh, all. right. Uh, yeah, so it's a newer studio. Um, but some of the bigger stuff was actually done there. But, yeah, it's something we didn't really think about. Just because, also, Kyle and Trevor are both engineers mm. in L.A. So it's it's not like, we're not, like, star when we into their studio.
0: It's more, yeah. like, everyday kind of, that's their job. So mm. it's pretty easy. Pretty low key. So is LA still home for some of the band? Because I understand it, it's you're no longer based in California yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm out of California. Uh, Kyle and Ruben are still in LA. Cool. Uh, the rest of us are kind of scattered, figuring out where to go. Um, we're touring for so much this year that a lot of like our stuff's in one place, and we'll
0: be figuring out where we'll move when we get <laughs> done touring. You
1: know.
0: Well, I wanted to talk about some of the, you know, the content of the album <laughs> yeah, itself, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a fantastic record. Congratulations, thank you. Thank you. Um, and you know, when I stuck it on, I was I was very uh, pleasantly surprised <laughs> uh, to to hear a fair few, um, you know, for for lack of a less wanky phrase, uh, uh, some you know sonic expansions yeah, yeah, yeah. on the record i think you know the standout track i'm gonna let people kind of listen to the record for themselves but the standout track for me is is around the middle of the album beachfront property oh, okay That's um which you know i think kind of um illustrates the increased presence of meredith and her keys on the album yeah, yeah, yeah. which is fantastic um did those did those new textures and new sounds come very naturally or was that sort of a a deep-digging process for you? Uh, No, I mean, that's... We're kind of getting more into the territory of what we've
1: been trying to do um, and kind of building on what we do. And I think this is the first album that we've had where... I mean, people will still do it, but, like... We feel like we really found what is one of our songs. You know what I mean? Like, what a Spanish love song song is Mm. um, instead of being able... to just make you know just kind of write it off as this type of pop punk or that or that I feel yeah. like. and stuff so doing stuff like beachfront was important and just kind of finding those new those new things that are really those new avenues that are kind of like from larger influences that we all kind of share mm. as opposed to
0: just you know straightforward punk rock or we would call it. T- tell me about some of those influences, because, uh, you know, I was reading that one big one was uh, bands like Manchester Orchestra. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a large Trevor, me and Meredith
1: love bands like that, love heavier bands, you know, Ruben loves bands like Deftones, Thrice, stuff like that. Um, so I don't know if it necessarily came across, if it comes across in the songs, but it was definitely more like, in terms of feeling free to kind of... Jam heavier stuff Yeah um, Without feeling like
0: it was Too out
1: of Out of place
0: mm. Were there any any Experimentations that didn't Make the cut Any oh, any was, kind of things That you were like Okay maybe Maybe on another album But not right now
1: um, No if they didn't make the cut It's just because They weren't very good songs but, I mean <laughs> there was a lot of stuff That got cut
0: Like we're not going to hear Your new metal odyssey no, no You didn't we feel didn't, We feel,
1: didn't get that crazy It was no? more You know
0: the spirit of P.O.G. kind of subtly kind of permeate yeah, more like subtle pushing into, into the areas we want to be and just kind of <laughs> having fun with what we're doing so yeah. that's awesome yeah and, um, one, one thing I really love about the album uh, and you know a few albums kind of from from this scene uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, an album that I kind of immediately think of uh, one of my favourite albums from last year uh, Morbid Stuff by Puff yeah yeah um, I feel like thematically shares a lot in common with brave mm-hmm. faces everyone mm-hmm. and that's um kind of amplifying the voices of uh like the disenfranchised yeah you know communities um just kind of acknowledging that the world is for lack of a better word fucked yeah yeah, yeah. um but not necessarily kind of having the answers not really having the solutions no. more just kind of taking the time to acknowledge that maybe things are shitty for reasons outside of, like, your control. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And
1: I, I mean, it's no, no it's no surprise that, like, most of us in bands writing about this we're all roughly the same age, going through a lot of the same stuff mm. at varying levels of success. But, uh, I mean, I mean, it makes total sense of just kind of looking around and being like, well, shit, like, you know, <laughs> what do you do about it? You know, sometimes it feels um, kind of pointless, and other yeah. times you feel like you gotta try something
0: so i mean because you've, you've kind of uh, developed a, a lyrical uh, signature which is you know very introspective um but uh you know this is possibly your most kind of outward looking oh absolutely album, yeah while still having that kind of introspection yeah yeah um that was pretty deliberate
1: uh on my part just because of like you said, as soon as somebody says that I do something a certain way, like my natural tendency is to not do that anymore. <laughs> um, and so it was important for me if we're writing an album about, you know, empathy and understanding about then actually empathizing and understanding with other people mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just, you know, also there's something a bit whiny about being like, oh, the world sucks if it's, if I'm just talking about myself. <laughs> um, Cause like, I mean, yeah, the world sucks, but, like, my personal world's largely fine on a day-to-day basis, you know? Um, So, it's more about, you know, trying to recognize, like, when things aren't good or, like, for whom they might not be good. Mm. Um, And trying
0: to just shine a light to that sort of stuff. Um, And, uh, you know, kind of the way it addresses those themes, the kind of tone it does it in... It feels like a, a much more kind of defiant and mm-hmm. almost, dare I say, like a cautiously optimistic yeah, yeah, that's right. uh, record compared to the two that have preceded it. I yeah, mean, yeah. this is, bearing in mind, you have one song which is called Optimism. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do, does, do you feel like this kind of, without looking too far ahead into what's to come, do you kind of see this as a bit of a turning point, tonally and thematically? I mean, I don't know. It's like...
1: Eight months ago when somebody interviewed me about how I felt the new songs were gonna be, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna write this like young and optimistic, born to run esque album. Like, that's how I'm feeling. We're gonna like we're gonna reach for something and um but then you like look and see how the world is and I don't know if I have anything beyond that. Like I I know what I do when I'm doing it. Um so I don't like to speak to what will come next? Because I honestly have no clue. Like, somebody could say, cause I could read a review of this album that says, like, well, there's not any songs in Spanish. And I'll be like, fuck you. Here's 12 <laughs> songs in Spanish. You know what I mean? So, I yeah, I try not to corner myself like that because I've had people bring that stuff up to me in the past. Like, well, you said you were going to do this. And it's like, well, you know, I say I'm going to do a lot of things. And yeah. I also
0: lie about a lot of things. So, like, you know,
1: whatever well, comes out will
0: come out. Well, maybe instead of the new Metal Odyssey, you could go for some kind of, you know, mariachi exploration for the next band. Uh, yeah, I don't think record. that would go over well. It uh, worked, for, worked for the Bronx. Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's in my wheelhouse.
0: <laughs> um, well, we must talk about uh, your kind of contributions to the band outside of vocals and guitar and songwriting, mm-hmm. uh, your kind of visual Contributions mm-hmm. uh, to the bank because I was reading that uh, you went to film school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, whereabouts did you go to? I film went school? to USC. Okay, where, well, sorry. Oh, uh, it's in Los Angeles. All oh, right, okay, yeah. fantastic. Um, th- what was the kind of? Uh, you know, I'm I've been a lifelong lover of film as well, and it feels like in the last couple of years I've started to examine films and appreciate films at kind of a deeper level. Yeah. yeah. What What was the film that kind of started that for you?
1: Oh God. I don't even... <laughs> I honestly can't even say anymore. Uh, it's just something I always kind of grew up loving. Um, I mean... Yeah, that's a tough... I That's always a tough question. Like, mm. It's like, what's your favorite movie type questions? Like, ah. I don't remember. I just remember always being obsessed with that type of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, same thing with music. You know what I mean? There's not like... I can't point to one album that I heard and was like, everything has changed. Yeah. Um, Oh, I find that I wish that sounds cool. As well. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not that type of person where I'm like, this new thing defines my entire worldview. Um, <laughs> but that sounds fun.
0: When when you went to uh, film school, did you study for a specific role? Because you've kind of, you know, worked as uh, directorial assistant on some films, and obviously you've you've co-directed uh, the majority of uh, music videos for Spanish Love songs. Yeah, up
1: in, up until this album.
0: Mm. Um, Uh, Yeah, no, I I mean,
1: I. It was a pretty generalized course, I guess. Technically, it was for producing, but uh, I was in LA as a writer for a long time, Um, and then directing just slowly started to happen. And then obviously, I did it for the band, and then uh, with this album cycle, we were just on the road, so I like just didn't have time. Right. uh, We had our buddy Ian Shelton and um, his bud Will Acuna. Step mm. up and do the two videos that are coming out, um, including one that's coming out in like two hours. Oh, really? Can't forget to post about that.
0: <laughs> Actually, one hour. Jesus. Um. Yeah. The time zone's fucking with you. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. Did uh did filmmaking kind of offer a level of kind of uh, creative fulfillment that music doesn't quite? No, kind of quite reach?
1: quite the opposite. Um. Music, yeah, music provides that. Filmmaking is a hassle; mm. uh, <laughs> it's a big pain in the ass. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean they're both—they're just different forms, different ways to express, mm. different ways to get at some some things that I'm just trying to get at. Uh, but music is the one that lets me see the world, so it's a little bit more, you know. Yeah, doesn't
0: pay as well. <laughs> you're you're uh you have an imdb profile as, I as you might know i do um and i think it does you a bit of a disservice because it only gives you the credit for the losers video which is a fantastic video by the way oh yeah um really sort of if people haven't seen it it's very sort of darkly funny mm-hmm. and very uh telling about the touring experience yeah yeah um i think do you think it's that music videos are kind of being reclaimed in the last few years as a real legitimate form of storytelling? Because it felt like a few years ago, the music video was just kind of, oh, let's, you know, perform for three minutes in a warehouse with some quick cuts, or, you know, yeah, let's I'm... just take some live footage. Whereas yeah. now it feels like in the last few years, you know, with uh, the stories that you've created with uh, Spanish love songs videos, and, you know, filmmakers like... Kyle Thrash mm-hmm. doing the uh doing the after the party video and every time I die I always think of that map change video which is just unreal. It feels like it's becoming a a real legitimate form of storytelling again and being reclaimed in that way.
1: Yeah, I mean I think I think that the cost of filmmaking has gone down exponentially, so I think that creative people have more avenues kind of express what they're trying to do Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that's kind of led to an explosion of really good music videos because i know a lot of people who who play music and also want to direct things and it's it's all just forms of expression that people are you know messing around with so i think the as the barrier to entry lowers you get more kind of more chances to do it
0: Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Well, look before uh, before we go. um, Obviously, the the album's out tomorrow. I mean, it's out now. It's out by the time that people hear this. Yeah. It's just we're counting down the hours here as we go, chomping at the bit. We when are we going to see you in the UK next? Uh,
1: I can't say until this run of the tour is over. That's the lamest way to end it, but I cannot say.
0: So people may already know by the time they hear this. When is this coming out? I'd know like next week probably. They won't know. They won't know. But I also can't say. <laughs> so, I feel like I feel like it's about time that Spanish love songs start hitting up the UK festival circuit. Hopefully. <laughs> that would be really cool. I'd be really excited for that. So. Well, Dylan, thank you very much yeah, for your time nice. today, man. Thank you. Thank you.
1: said it's the end of days And we're just hoping for the beachfront property No one in decision. Daring some asshole to take a swing Got it, $100 to my name Not sure what it means I'm Trying to take these bastards
0: Alright, big million. thanks to Dylan Slocum, he of the band Spanish Love Songs. Their new album is called Brave Faces Everyone and it is out now via Pure Noise Records. The song you just heard uh, a taster of is on it. It's called Beachfront Property. And the song you heard at the top is also on the record, and that one's called Losers. I'll leave a link in the description of this episode to uh, Spanish Love Songs' official online store. Uh, You can go and grab yourself a copy of that album because it well and truly deserves your time, your attention, and inevitably your love as well. Um, That's all I'm going to say about the record for now because I'm currently you know, figuring out a few logistical things with rebooting the Bitchin' Review for 2020. And if all goes to plan, we'll probably end up doing a full review of the record on the, on the first show back. Um, who's we, you ask? Uh, you'll just have to wait to find out. Um, but it, but it's, not, it's not Brad. It's definitely not Brad, um, you know, who, who, left, um, who left the bitchum review at the end of last year to pursue um, other sort of creative and professional endeavours. I do wish him all the best for that because he is just, he is a saint. Um, right, so... Already, we have come to the end of Bitchin' Brew number 43. Thank you to Dylan and the rest of the Spanish Love Songs gang. Greg, their tour manager, who is very, very accommodating, um, as well as Haley and Holly at Good As Gold for allowing me the time to chat with Dylan in the first place. Um, it feels really good to be back doing this. It feels so good that I'm already sat on another interview. And, and when I say this... Um, you know, I, I mean no disrespect to Dylan in any way, but allow me to just say that you've heard nothing yet. Uh, the next episode of the podcast will be coming in probably about two weeks from the day that I'm putting this out. If you like what you've heard today, then go and subscribe to Bitch and Brew on the podcast platform of your choosing. Uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, then then feel free to leave a review um, because, you know, blah, 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 that, that does a lot for independent podcasts. I've Said this sounded like a broken record. Um, If you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, then then just share this with all your friends who have good taste um, as well as the ones who have terrible taste, and you might be able to educate them a bit in the ways of Spanish love songs. Um, As I always say, hit us up on the old social media. Uh, Bitch and Brew is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Vine, Bebo, MSN, and Club Penguin, of course. Um, maybe not the last four of those. Maybe just Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come and say hi over on one of those platforms, and I hope that we can do this again sometime. Until then, I wish you all the best, and I thank you for tuning in. I'm Danny Ranton, and this has been Bitchin' Brew. Big love, fare thee well, and, as ever, don't forget to be loud, be kind, and be bitching.